ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 88 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will. And we do consistently because we love it. Man, what a wild week. And I am excited to talk about it. We got with me on the co-host chair this week. We got Scott Sidlow. How are you doing today, Scott? I mean, I love the free agency stuff. I don't love like the hot takes that come from it or the insane overreaction. But I mean, hey, if I can get some value on my teams, then I'm all for it. Oh, exactly. And that's what we're here to help with, right? We're here to talk about those insane value swings. We're here to talk about those overreactions, see if we can help some of our listeners exploit the market that is now kind of in chaos in some places. And who better to help us with that than the guest we have on this week, Jordan McNamara. Jordan, how are you doing tonight, sir? Welcome to the show. Well, I, I hope I can be a help. Let's let's see. I don't know. I'm so I'm so disoriented <laughs> from what's happened the past like six hours that I don't really, you know, we're just gonna see what happens. <laughs> I like that answer. I like that answer. We're gonna see what we can do to help, right? Because at this point, it's chaos reigns, right? right. At this point, we're just kind of dealing with it in the now. We're living in the moment. Uh, a lot of news broke even today before we started recording. We'll get into that in a minute, but before we do that, I want to make sure that. We give Jordan a little bit of time to talk about what you do in the industry, what it is that you kind of bring to the game, uh, mainly so that we can use that to, to piggyback into these discussions with free agency and everything that's happened this week. We'll get into that. Obviously, we will be doing a trade for one of our listeners later as well. But Jordan, what is it that, that you do, I guess, and, and how can you how do you describe it maybe for those people that aren't familiar with your work? How, how would you kind of bring people to your news? Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I have a, a website, analyticsofdynasty.com, uh, and I've been. I'm actually. Uh, I've released the fourth edition of my book. Um, I do. A, I do a yearly dynasty uh, strategy book called the Analytics of Dynasty. Um, it might sound mathy, uh, but it really isn't. It's more strategic, right? We're looking at player profiles. We're looking at. Um, you know, different. Uh, this this edition, I think, was different than the other ones. Um, and I very much talked about team building. Um, I went through a lot of the mistakes that I've made in the past, um, and and figured out ways to to sort of improve on them. Uh, and uh, you know, one of the things that I had been a, um, a a proponent of for most of the time of starting uh, dynasty startup drafts was a productive struggle. And as I've sort of come along in my dynasty you know, experience and, and a lot of the research that I've done for the book and, and the like, um, I've come to realize that I think I was wrong. And mm. so I wrote a lot about that um, in a chapter that I call um, the confessions of a recovering productive struggler, um, which <laughs> is, uh, it's fun and it was challenging. And, um, 
And it was a little eye-opening to write about yourself sort of in a way that you're like, hey, I, I screwed this up and here's how I did it. I <laughs> mean, here's why. That's I was not wrong. easy to do. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. And it was, yeah. but I think it made, you know, and, uh, you know, I've, we've got a subscriber chat and there was a good reaction to that. Um, and I think it, I think it's helped people. Um, and so that was, it's certainly helped me. Right. I mean, it was, that was, you know, it was therapeutic as much as anything for me. Um, and so I, I do all that stuff. There's a lot of other stuff in there. Um, a lot of stuff on quarterbacks, right. There's mistakes that the market makes on quarterbacks all the time that you just can't, oh, yeah. you just can't afford to do. Um, and we see them. Um, and I sort of lay out a, a lot of that stuff in the book as well. A lot of other team building strategies, um, some startup strategies, just some rookie pick stuff and like, Hey, how to avoid missing, which is, I think a big, a really big thing. One thing I also like to look at is, you know, what do we know early on in a player's career? Right. So like, what's the first year of a rookie of a rookie's uh, career look like, right? What, what does that tell us about where they are? Cause that's a big, that's a big deal, right? Especially wide receivers. Like you can sure. really tell a lot about them really early on, you know, and so certain people will have, um, you know, big, big upside bets. Other players are going to have cap ceiling bets just off what they did in their rookie season. So a lot of that stuff, just trying to give you some guideposts. And then, you know, each year we're able to apply the different stuff to the different players. So um, yeah, you can find that all analytics dynasty.com. It's a 2022 edition. Um, and then I have a, the website as well. I do a dynasty podcast each day. Um, I think last year we did 388 podcasts. Um, Just a and, couple. Uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. You know, my bro I was out to visit my, my wife's family this week, and uh, and my brother-in-law was at. You know, he's checking in to make sure that his you know his sister's husband isn't screwing him. You know, isn't screwing anything up. He's like, so how do you how do you do a podcast every day? And I and I just texted him tonight, and I was like, you see, <laughs> I was like, it just never stops. Yeah. And so we have we always have something to cover. So and our website also has my tiers. Uh, it's got a dynasty trade database as well, um, and a lot of other things that can help you. You know, from a strategic standpoint, you know, be a better dynasty owner. So no, I, um, I, yeah, I, so go ahead and check it out. Analystdynasty.com. We got you covered basically on whatever you really think. Well, about. and there's one more thing we got to add here, and that's the mm -hmm. analytics of dynasty rebuilding guide. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. if you if you only buy it for chapter one, four pages, <laughs> if that if that's all you buy it for, you got your money's worth. That changed everything for me this past season. Really? So mm -hmm. uh, think about it. If you're taking over a handful of orphans and and or you're just in leagues that maybe you've been in a few years now uh, and you're trying to figure out how do I decide like when is the right time to rebuild? And it's not just how mm -hmm. about going about it, but like when when do I do this? What am I looking at? Uh, buy this guide and read chapter one. It's four pages. It will make you a better dynasty player in four pages. Like So I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't remember what it was. <laughs> I had to open the book and remember what the first chapter was because it's been a while since I've I've, I've I wrote it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, like, so it's funny that you say that because so the I'll give away the thing. It's it's basically evaluating where you are at different points of the season, and sort of like, hey, here's the you know, and it gets kind of geeky in it, and like, here's you know, basically what you need to make the playoffs and, the, and that whole stuff, and sort of here's what it means if you're through. It, it's the, the math behind the feeling. Right, because yes. there's a feeling oh, yes. in each league, but it it's like, the how do I know? Yeah, right. here's the data. Now you know. This right. is when you know the math right. checks out. Right, if this math checks out, then you know it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know it. yeah, yeah. It's funny because I I talked about um you know in our subscriber chat after the fact you know I came up with the idea of like you know through through like a month are you good good are you 
you good bad you bad good or you bad bad right so it's like are you are you on the good side of the points and the good side of the record are you sort of on the bad side of the points and the bad side of the record you sort of mix a mix and match of there and that that sort of should be really how you think of it right because if you're yeah. a good good team you got to be in right like you kind yeah. of if you're a bad bad team you sort of have to admit that right if you're and, and you sort of right there's a there's a box with four boxes in it and you have to figure out sort of where you exactly. fit in that exactly um, which didn't make it in the book but it was sort of after the fact we sort of came up with that as a moniker and i thought it was helpful so i'm actually can i can i preview something that i've been thinking about hell yeah please maybe i'll steal maybe i'll i'll steal some ideas from you guys in terms of what to look at works but for me yeah i'm i'm thinking about so one of the things about this that's always fascinated me is like like what are the benchmarkers that we need Right. So like, this is a good example, like, all right, through a month. All right. I'm, I'm in a good spot. Right. Some of the other stuff that I want to do is like, go back and look at like, you know, a month, maybe a half the season. And also some of the other stuff about like, um, you know, where do you finish in terms of like, if you're in a super flex league, like what's your quarterback scoring tell you about how the rest of your mm. team does? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, and it's interesting. I'm sort of in the infancy look of this and I, I don't think there's a huge, imp- like, so if you only have so much resources that you can spend on on players, right? You've got so many picks, so many roster spots, and you can only really and you have competitors. So it's tough to be like the perfect team because there's other people trying to do the same thing. So, but what you'll see is like the more, in theory, the more you spend on on quarterback, right? The less that you're going to have on the other. You know, I don't know if it's a ten man starting lineup and you're starting both two quarterbacks. The other 80% of your lineup is going to hurt if you right. are really, really good at quarterback, just because that means you're not spending a ton on the other on the other spots, right? You're not yep. spending a first-round startup pick on Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor, for example. You're spending it on know, Patrick Mahomes and whatever, Dak Prescott, right? right? right. So, uh, you know, so there's a balance there. And I'm surprised, and just initially, I don't know if it's a huge impact, but I was surprised initially that it doesn't look like it's that big an impact which is weird to me. Like there's just some things in there that I'm, I'm just perusing sort of some league stuff and I'm trying to do a bigger project, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll be, since you guys sort of like this, I'll, I'll touch base and sort of get some ideas on what I'm kind of thinking about and see if you guys have any awesome. ideas for it. So awesome. Well, yes. we, so to, to talk about this, we talk about strategy every week, right? That we are a big <laughs> strategy podcast. We are not a, we are not a break down the news and get finite graphs about every little thing that happened this week. Or like we do find me a trade to talk about strategy. We do totally. everything that we do to talk about the bigger picture. Like when is a good time to buy and sell people? When is like, mm-hmm. should you get into a trade right now? Is there a reason? What is the context? All that stuff that don't, you know, that a lot of other places don't really talk about. You know, when you see a trade poll on, on Twitter, it's like, okay, that's fine. That's in a vacuum. That's not true value of what's on your team. Like, is this a league that never trades? Like all those things Mm -hmm. add up. Right. And so we're talking about that all the time here. I mean, that's where we're junkies. We're just put it directly in my veins. That's exactly what we're looking for. Um, But I mean, to kind of hit on that. And then also what you had said before, I think is exactly what we talk about too, is is not missing. There's a difference between not missing and hitting, right? Mm -hmm. Hitting is something everybody aims for. I think a lot of people do better when you just aim not to miss. Right. right. It's like I just I'm trying to, to get some value out of this pick. I'm trying to get something that makes this rookie pick worth more in six months than it is today. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really all you're looking for. And we talk all the time about values because that's how you talk strategy. Mm-hmm. It's like, Well, it, let's take the names out of it. The names don't matter. I mean, yes, they matter, but they don't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a player that has a certain amount of value and, and we can value those players in any sort of calculator you want to put in. That's not the point either. It's like there there is a value to everything. And I think what you do is is like 
actually what Scott said is you numerically kind of put some some weight to the feelings that we're feeling. And that's kind of in that same vein. That's why we're excited to have you on tonight. Cause like a lot of what we talk about is pretty much right in your wheelhouse, right? Where it's like, what can we do to make our teams better in March and April before the rookie draft? Right? Yeah. Okay. You can make trades. That's a generic answer, but what kind of trades should we be looking for? What kind of moves should we be looking for before the rookie draft? Where should we be looking to make some value adjustments? And I think free agency is a perfect time to do that. And Scott actually hit on it perfectly earlier, too, where it's like there are going to be some value bumps. There are going to be some changes in that value in the market that you may not agree with. And I think a lot of times, too, people come into this value discussion and they want everyone to agree with them. I am the exact opposite. I love when people disagree with me on value because that's something I feel like I can exploit. I feel like I'm pretty good at this and I want you to disagree with me. I want you to feel way worse about the player that I like. If we all agreed, this, this whole game sucks. Right. If we're all on the same page about what exactly every player is worth, how boring is that? Right. Like there's no fun there. We all agree they're all worth this. No, no, no. It's the speculation. It's the market. And so someone like Scott, who's in 50 leagues, right, that's the that's the game they play. It's a market speculation game. So with that in mind, I guess, Jordan, how many leagues are you in? Like, are you in a bunch of leagues? Do you tend to play a lot of different formats? Like kind of give us a little bit of a, of a rundown of, of your, I guess, history in Dynasty real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I've been playing Dynasty for 10 years. Um, I started playing in the, um, it would have been, I think my first, my, it was t- the summer of, spring summer of 2012. Mm. Um, I was in, um, I had graduated, I'm, I'm a law school graduate, so I had passed the, I had passed the bar and uh, was waiting for my bar results, living in my grandmother's basement, waiting tables. And I was like, I need to do something with my life. And that's when I started playing Dynasty. So, um, and so that's, uh, and so now it's been 10 years. I'm going to, I, I'm still figuring out exactly what the concept's going to be, but I'm going to go back to my grandmother's house, set up shop in her basement and record a podcast series. I just have to figure out what it's going to be. I'm um, just sort it. of going back to it just as a, you know, maybe be like living the dream. You know what I mean? Like make it sarcastic, you know, just yeah. like living in my grandma's basement. Like this is what we do now, you know? Right. right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and it's funny because I, I actually did well my first draft. I had no idea what I was doing. I just sort of I I tripped and fell into like Des Bryant and AJ Green. And <laughs> like, <laughs> I, nice. I just started. um, but yeah. So then you know it's a typical dynasty story. It became one league, and then it became two, and then it became four, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's I'm writing about it right, and then it, you know, I've taken on playing more and more. Um, you know, for me, I, I play. Um, I think right now I'm in between, I cut back a few leagues. Um, I'm in between 25 and 30 right now. I'll probably add between, I'll probably add five would sort of be my assumption. Um, I'll probably do a couple more startups, um, you know, maybe take on another orphan or so. I'm in the midst of a startup right now. So I think 26, 27, something like that. So I assume I'll be right around 30 by the time the season comes around. Um, I do tell people like people say it's a lot. I say the difference between four and 30 really isn't that big because you're doing all yeah. the work anyways. Right. That, yep. the, the, the difference between zero and one ends up being a lot bigger than any other gap um, along the way. So um, yeah. And I generally play, you know, I, I play a lot of safe league stuff. Um, I play a lot of, I, I, had money stolen um, from mm. a commissioner service Um and so I'm really reticent to sort of go into a league where I don't feel safe, um, totally safe. And, you know, I'll give Scott a lot of credit. Um, 
safe leagues does that for me. And that's, I mean, the most important thing I want is league stability and that my money's not going to be stolen. Yep. <laughs> and then, well, with that um, many, yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, uh, that's really of, of an interest to me. So I do like the institutional um, commissioner for that purpose. Uh, I know other people don't, other people like to yep. find other, other things, but that's, that's of the utmost importance for me. Um, and so, and I know the leagues aren't going anywhere, right? So that's really important for me. So a lot of super flex, tight end premium, I think it's a big deal. Um, I think I have an edge there, so I don't really want to go away from that. I think it's something yeah. that I'm good at. I think we can exploit that. Um, some of the stuff from AOP has done that. Um, and yeah, and so I like playing in those. I like the format as well, the size of those leagues. Um, you know, then I play, um, I, I was in a bunch of one quarterback leagues from when I started. I've kept them just because, you know, the teams are decent and I, I like that experience. I probably wouldn't add another start one quarterback league um, now, but I still plan some of those, you know. And so, um, but yeah, a lot of super flex. I, I do, I would encourage people to play things that uh, make positions more important. So like I play in a couple of um, really deep tight end premium stuff. So it's two tight ends, um, some stuff that acts a lot like two tight end um, as you get sort of deep around 35, 40 man rosters, like you're rostering a ton of tight ends. It's like swinging with a batting weight on, right? Yeah. You, like you're playing that you're, you're getting all those reps in terms of like, Hey, James O'Shaughnessy, right? Like, And then you sort of get in the, in the, your league and you're like, okay, I need a spot starter. You're like, okay, like James O'Shaughnessy could be a guy this week. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're used to playing at a deeper depth. You sort of have that. So, um, I play in some of those deeper leagues, but it's really to more exercise my muscles for, well, I consider like my core dynasty, which is kind of like your 25 to 30 man super flex tight end premium stuff. I, I really like the way you put that with like the the, the batting weight. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it feels like, too. And I say this to people all the time. There is no right or wrong way to play fantasy. There's no I mean, again, fantasy Twitter was all up in arms this week about it. And it's like, I could care less, man. Like, no, who cares? Go Go do your thing. Right. But at the same time, I'm a big fan of trying something you're not familiar with. Right. Go try something new. Go go see what big batting weight you can put on there and be like, all right, I'm not ready for that yet. But guess what? That's still experience. It still tells you what you need to know. And all of that. And the more leagues you do, you're exactly right. One to 20 is not that big of a difference. The only thing I will say about that, though, I guess, is the difference is on Sunday morning. It gets to be a little bit yeah. of a slog to go through lineups. But once you've done the research and want to put in the investment to make your one league good, yeah, the other leagues are easy, especially in the off season when there's really nothing to do. I mean, this is totally. my favorite time of year for having 12, 15, 20 leagues, whatever I'm in now. It's like, oh, this is a piece of cake. I can go literally be like, oh, I actually have that player. Oh, let's go. You know, I can go trade today. So I love that. Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, I think, too, the way you're putting it, though, with like the, the, the swinging the bat with the extra weight, that's exactly right, too. When you're in deeper leagues or harder leagues or maybe not necessarily IDP because they're different players, but mm-hmm. different formats other than that it can really make you a better player in the, the leagues you care more about or the, the big money leagues or the home leagues or whatever. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing too, is when you start playing more leagues, like there's a, um, you know, I, I was talking about it with someone recently. They were like, Hey, do you like setting lineups? And I was like, you're darn right. I like setting lineups, right? I, <laughs> does it suck? Yes. But is it an edge? Yeah. Right. Like again, if I like if, and, and through the COVID stuff, like that was the biggest thing, right? Because people would start people that wouldn't play yep. or they would start someone on the COVID list or they would start someone that was inactive and it was hard, right? I mean, those things were hard. And so really optimizing. And I think like if you r- can be maniacal about it, it, I mean, it sounds we're playing a game, but if you can be <laughs> really like focused on, on, you know, just, 
getting just hitting in fielding ground balls, right? I mean, just the easy stuff of like, hey, my lineup's as good as it can be, right? Everyone's in it. I didn't miss anything, right? And and all those things, you have an edge, right? And then figuring out ways to sort of optimize that. And again, then you start doing that over more leagues like that it, it adds up right and so you have to come up with processes like the 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 setting lineup things is difficult um you know i dedicate two hours to it on sunday between 11 and 1 right every that's that's dad's work time right dad's yeah. going to work from 11 to 1 right that's yeah. that's what we do and um and you know fortunately my family is good with it but um you know that's two hours of my time that that's what i spend doing and I, you sort of have to Build if you're going to play in a lot of leagues, you, you have to build that in because you don't want to miss. You don't oh, want yeah. to miss, you know, a couple of lineup spots each week because that's just going to hurt you, you know. So you have yeah. to be optimized to that. And Scott, would you agree? Would you say that you know, like the difference from four to twenty is negligible, except for the lineups, which I know you're not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're in six plus leagues, basically, that's what I would consider some form of portfolio, but. Uh, I was on Dynasty and Chill with Scott Connor last week, and we talked about uh, some of our processes and things like that. So that's yeah. a great episode to check out if if you know people want to learn more about that. Well, and I think too with with the multiple leagues and and getting into thirty or fifty or whatever. I mean, obviously that's a commitment that's outside your normal Dynasty player, right? I think to kind of bring this back a second. I mean, we have a lot of people that listen to us that are in those kind of formats that are you know playing twenty leagues. But I mean, for new players, like how do you how do you tackle new players that are looking for ways to kind of learn a strategy? And maybe we'll we'll land on this before we get into free agency. But I mean, like, how does AOD help new players? Like, if you just have the one dynasty league, how do you how do you work with that? If you're a new player, is this something you feel like is you know still works for that, or is it more for the advanced player? And just in your own words, what do you think, Jordan? I, I think it can help anyone. And so, I mean, I, I've had conversations with people that that play one league for free. And I've had conversations with people that play hundreds of leagues for six figures, right? I mean, I've had a variety of different conversations. I think it can help everyone. Um, I am, without firmly committing to this, I'm really interested in the idea of doing an AOD um, beginner's edition. It's something I've thought about a lot. I was going to ask about that. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. And, and make it free, right? And probably do it in a way that, not, and probably I wouldn't do it in like a book form, but like do some videos, like kind of like I did with the rebuilding uh um, you love know, I tried it, it out with the rebuilding idea. guide, um, and I did a rebuilding course, right? which is, yeah. um, just some videos, you know, and that go kind of along with the book, just something like that, because I do think, um, you know, from, from just generally, there's just some things to know, right. And that's, yeah. you know, and just, and, and honestly, like before you even play, right. Like, like read the rules, right. Don't put your money in PayPal because it might get seized, right. Like just things like that, that if you don't know, they're just going to cause a headache for you. I mean, just, just little things like that. And then, you know, have an idea of what your plan is. Right. And I think, you know, just going into your game, going into your draft with a plan, and and trying to execute it right and then you can come back and figure out later on if that was a good plan or a bad plan right just some of those things that we just you know go into a draft and you just start picking people having a plan i think is a really good one you know so um you know generally um i think there's some good rules for that in terms of like what you you know what you have to determine what you want to accomplish like i'm doing a draft right now and i said i want to go i want two top five quarterbacks i want two top eight tight ends right i want two running backs um, in the top 20, right. That was basically my goal. And then I think, 
um, there was one, and I had one other accomplishment. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but that was what I was shooting at, right? And so I said, all right, like, how did those things fit together, right? And Watson yeah. was going to have to be one of those quarterbacks, was sort of my thought. Um, this was pre him coming back, but that was sort yeah. of my bat. And I had to figure out another way to make one and then, you know, figure out some of the stuff with the tight ends and, and right, just think about those things, right? And so I think going in with a plan, right? And then understanding really what, what, the types of profiles, right? I, very much what you guys said about, you know, you can study players and you can do all the fancy graphs and everything with players. That stuff's fun. But really what you're trying to do is find productive profiles with players that reflect the profiles, right? Yep. So, um, you know, first round rookie uh, running backs are really good bets, right? So how do we sort of figure out a way to make those bets, right? And then because you can get really lost in saying, well, you know, is Najee Harris that good and yada, yada. If you just sort of pull back the blinds and say first round rookie running back, that's a good profile. Let's make that bet. And if we make that bet over and over and over again, no matter who the person is, that's a good bet, right? Sort of understanding those things, I think is really interesting and, and really easy to do. Um, and just by sort of following those things, I think you can play in your first league and do fine. You know, when I think. I think a lot of times people look at and at what all of us in the dynasty industry and in the content creation industry do and go, Oh, that's not for me. I'm too, I'm new at this. I, that, you know, that's for the hardcore players. And I feel like all the time I say to people like, no, it's really not like mm -hmm. the, the basic thought about what we're doing and the, and the basic strategies that we're using on, you know, and find me a trade and everything else, all of that can be drilled down to one league. All of right. that can be useful. And that's exactly why I like that. We do find me a trade because these are literally leagues that we don't have any insight into if it's the guy's only league or he's one of 30. The point is this strategy can be applied in every single league and our, our thought process can be like extrapolated out. So that's kind of why I wanted to give you a second, because I think sometimes people look at stuff like analytics of dynasty and other, you know, metrics based things. And they think, Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. That's too advanced for me. It's not, it really yeah. isn't. Some of the stuff that you do is intro level one Oh one dynasty stuff totally. that I feel like every manager needs to read. You know, and Scott's a big proponent of it. We've talked about it on the show a couple of times where like some of the stuff that that we see out there is like it's almost almost ignored because it's mm -hmm. so niche. But at the same time, it should it's not niche. It's not mm -hmm. at all related to so many. You can you can dumb that down and drill that into everything. So I just wanted to make sure that any listener who's listening to this that, you know, is maybe feeling overwhelmed or kind of like, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm worthy. You are. If you're playing Dynasty, you're in this. Like it, all of us are junkies. No matter if you have one league or 60, it doesn't matter. Right. Anybody listening to this is a fan of Dynasty, and that's all it takes. You can get better at that one league and crush your workmates and have a fun time doing it. That's what we're here to help with. Right. That's yeah, the whole point. Totally. Totally. And and honestly, like I, I don't do a lot of like, hey, here's the players to pick. Right. 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 My 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 if shtick, if you will, is is I don't do that. Right. I don't want to. I mean, we're 25 minutes in, and I don't think we've mentioned a player. Right. And that's no. that's the good stuff, right? Because it's it's very much, and I've had, and some of the most rewarding things for, for me have been, you know, I have a, I have a group chat and there's like 50 of us in it. Right. And, and when, when it first started, I had a couple of people in there that, that were very new to dynasty. One in particular who didn't really know what he was doing. Like we got together for a strategy call. Like I told him about the group chat. He's like, Oh, I'm nervous about joining. Right. He ends up joining. And, and he through like a, almost a year of being in there, he's like, he can give answers that like, I, I don't even need to answer stuff, right? Because he's sort of, he knows all the stuff, right? He's, he's had all those mental reps, right? He's read all yeah. the books. He's had all those mental reps. He's now expanding his teams. Like now he's talking at, instead of coming in at like a, I don't really know what I'm doing in my first strategy call. He's giving 400 level advice to new people. 
right? Yeah. And like those are yep. the most rewarding things because it wasn't me telling him like, hey, here's you know, go pick like these six players. It's like, Hey, here are the things to look for. Right. And he went and did that. And that's the most rewarding. I mean, for me as a creator and as a, as someone that, you know, is building relationships with subscribers, that's the best part. Right. Because now I know like, and I know like he's profitable, right? Like that's really <laughs> right. good. Right. Cause right. he's, what he's done is now he's taken AOD stuff. Um, he's used his subscription and he's, you know, brought his family on vacation because of it and stuff right. like that is that that's great you know and that's that's sort of how we know that like hey we're helping people like that's that's fun you know that's yeah. good stuff and so i like that's the best part of aod because it's it's really it's not giving people fish it's like hey here's here's yeah here's the pole and like here's kind of where you need to go in the lake but you have to sort of cast it you know that's that's sort of what i try and do well, and I think something that I know Rocky and I have talked about, and Scott, I'm sure you would agree with this. We're just a couple of junkies, right? We're just mm -hmm. here hanging out, having fun, talking dynasty. I mean, like none of us are experts at this, right? All of us are just playing this game for fun and try to learn from it and try to experience what it is. And all of us are kind of doing this, not necessarily on the fly, but doing this kind of like as a secondary option. And, and we just want to share what we've learned and just have such a fun time researching and studying. It's like, well, why don't I share that information with everybody else? Right. right. And I feel like that's why, again, you're, you're a perfect person for this kind of podcast. That's why I'm really glad we could get you on, but we do want to get into some of these free agency talks because there have been a lot of bombs that have been dropped this week. A lot of, I don't know, just changes in value all over the market. It's been bonkers and i love mm -hmm. it I, i'll be honest this has been one of the best free agencies i feel like i've ever had i mean like this is finally the nfl is playing itself like madden you know where they're just like <laughs> making trades and don't care and there's you know money being thrown around and people being signed so i kind of broke this up into what i would say is like three segments and they're not equal and i think some of this has been talked about to death on other podcasts and you guys might have even talked about it on other shows or even last week i know you talked about some of this but I want to make sure we get some time. The first one is the, the retirement and trades. I say retirement because Brady unretired, right? Mm -hmm. He retired and then he came back. That changes a lot of value on that team. Did he really uh, retire? I, I, well, no. And that's a whole different question. Um, <laughs> so maybe let's start with that. I guess, Scott, what are your thoughts on the Brady unretiring, quote unquote, right? With big quote fingers. Did he retire? What are your thoughts? I mean, to me, it wasn't a retirement. He didn't yeah. sound like he made a big deal out of it. He didn't even mention the Patriots, you know, whatever. He was just kind of, you know, I don't know, playing the game or screwing around. I don't know. He's Tom Brady. He can do whatever the hell he wants. So yeah. he didn't really say, like, he retired. I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those fun conspiracies, didn't file I the guess. paperwork, right? Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I tried trading for Brady in so many leagues, and I got shot down. And and why is that? Because we all kind of were like, eh, he could still Maybe. play. So, you know, like, I mean, I think I ended up acquiring one share. So, you know, mm -hmm. that sucks. But at the same time, eh, people were paying attention, right? So, yeah. Well, and that's, that's what you get for playing in so many leagues with tight, very good group of owners and managers, right? Like they just pay attention. I love that. Oh, no, they're assholes. They're supposed to stop. <laughs> well, okay. That's a different angle to take it, but I guess you're not wrong there. I guess, Jordan, do you have any thoughts on the Brady news? I mean, is it news to you? Is this something you expected, I guess, or where are you at with it? I had so hoped as a, as a long suffering Buffalo Bills fan that I'd put Tom Brady behind me. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I, I had really hoped that. And, and then I was, you know, we were in, uh, I was in a restaurant on Sunday night when the news came or whenever, I think it was Sunday night that the news came out and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I thought this was over with. I thought I've suffered enough. 
Um, good thing he's in the other conference and they're not on our schedule. So if we get to a Super Bowl, I, you know, if we play him again, it'll be in a Super Bowl and I'll probably be over it by that point. But um, that was sort of my initial reaction. And listen, I, I think the good thing about this is last year was similar is, you know, you could make a, you know, I, I do a two way go was what I call my team builds. It's like, Hey, I want options to contend now. I want options to contend mm-hmm. later. And then let's see, let's see what happens. And then we can right. sort of determine, you know, if, if, the first, you know, if we're good, good for four weeks in, we kind of know we're in the right direction. If we're not, then we can you know we can sort of go from there. Brady is the perfect guy to do that with because yeah, it's expensive, right? You could pair him with, you can do a lot of different combos with him, and you know it, he can turbocharge a, a a hot start for a team that is also building for the future, right? And and at a cost that isn't a hindrance for that. So I think it's a really, he's a really interesting player that you have to build around. And I think each draft, as you sort of go into these um, startup drafts, there is a certain handful of guys that are, are um, pivot players, right? Um, Kelsey is probably one, right. In terms of how you view mm-hmm. him, right. um, Brady, you know, Gronkowski is a cheaper tight end, but Watson Waller even lately. Yeah. Like right. some of those guys right. where it's like, Ugh. yeah, totally. And, and, it's very much becomes with, with a guy like Brady, right? If you sort of go down that road, you know, you have to sort of, you got to push in that direction, right? You have to, you have to, um, you know, if you're going to go that direction, you kind of have to have options that correlate with him because you know, it's not long, right? So uh, pairing a guy like Kelsey with a guy like Brady in a startup draft makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're sort of upping your ante right now. Um, you know, whereas pairing, you know, pits with Brady might not be the same bet, you know? So, um, you know, so I, I do think thinking about those guys makes a lot of sense. And I, I think Brady's for that reason, Brady's really interesting. Right? I think you know, yeah. if I'm gonna do more startup drafts, I bet I'm heavy on Brady just because I think he's it's he gives you options, right? He's a force multiplier, and I really like that. No, and that's a good way to put it. I know you mentioned it last week with Kane Scott, where hashtag roster construction, right? Like we talk about this all the time. Like it's not none of this is in a vacuum, right? No pick is in a vacuum, no trade is in a vacuum. The roster build matters so much to everything. And I know you were talking about it in regards to the 23 draft, Scott, and it was like, you know, building your team around that. Well, it's the same logic, the opposite. If you're going to take Brady, you're going to take Kelsey, then you better build your team to win now. You've got one good year. You don't have a two to three year window with guys like that. And I think that's sometimes I, that sometimes gets forgotten. It sometimes gets ignored. You know, I, I, I like what you said there too, Jordan. I'm the same way. I don't tend to, to look at Brady as a long-term asset, but if I can get him for the right price and become a win now team with one trade, Okay, then I'm a win now team with one trade. Like, okay, that doesn't change much. Like, just become all right. Now my pivot is here, and I think a lot of times that comes down to what the other managers in your league are doing too, right? And and we talk about this over and over. It's like if no one wants Brady in your league, you should want Brady. If 100%. everybody is zigging, you should zag. If everybody else is pivoting for the win long term, and nobody's trying to win now, guess what? Winning now just became five times easier. There's right. instead of twelve competitors, you've got three. You know what I mean? Like it just it, we see it all the time. Especially in the find me a trades that we do too, where it's like sometimes you look you're looking at the rosters and you're like, man, this this team is dominant and mm-hmm. they are ready to win. Let's make this better. Let's find mm-hmm. something, right? And I think sometimes too, if you're if you're in a lot of leagues, you start to see that more. You know, if you're only in one league, you might look at your team and be like, man, I don't know. I think it can be better. But when you have you know 20, 40, 50 leagues, you look at your teams and you kind of go, oh, 30 of these are ready to go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I've seen enough. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what those reps are that we were talking about, right? So to yeah. kind of go back to Brady for a minute, I think Brady's one of those guys that you can probably get him as a throw in and super flex even because even it depends on who you're trading with, of course. But even teams that are win now might be looking to pivot off of him just because they're like, well, the value bump, 
right now as he's mm-hmm. coming back it's official he might retire again we don't know mm-hmm. arians might be gone gronk might be gone evans might be gone who knows what's getting traded next like we so that team could be terrible right so there's a whole lot of question marks even though he's back so i think there is there is a buy window here but i would say too to people don't overbuy don't overpay right be careful what the value is on him i wouldn't say he's a a must have on your roster and i think scott hit on it perfectly his his price is what's making him a buy not the other way and i think that's an interesting move for this like quote unquote unretirement because yeah he didn't file any paperwork he just didn't say anything and we all just thought that was him retiring and again as a Bengals fan who just lost in the super bowl i know my wife and i both were like oh thank god brady's out of the league like that's one less team you got to worry about and we play the buccaneers next year in tampa bay technically it might be in europe we don't know because they've got a european game but man, could you imagine like a Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, week one, Sunday night football matchup? Like, oh, man, awesome. what a season starter. I'd, I'd be down to watch it. I'm just saying, but like, God, I don't want to see Brady. I just don't want to Be- see Brady. I just, Better oh. you than me. I, I, yeah. I have, he has done enough <laughs> to torment me between him. And it's gone from him to now Mahomes. between the two yeah. of them. I mean, my, my beard's well, already for 20 years gray. as a Bills fan, right? Yes. 20 years you've had uh-huh. to suffer with Brady. I know. Yeah. I get it. I get oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's the same stuff. Right. And it's, 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 you know, it's funny because when Mahomes with the 13 seconds or whatever, like I've right. lived this life. Like I know how this story ends. It's just a guy that's not named Brady. It's just, yeah. his name's Mahomes now. <laughs> like I've lived the same this story. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm glad it's you guys facing him and not us. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully we don't have to, but um, the other, okay. the other definitely big news I want to talk about is the one that just dropped today. Now we're recording this on Thursday night. So if you're listening on Friday and more news has dropped that we're not talking about, that's why. But right before we recorded, I would say almost, what, an hour, maybe an hour and a half before we started mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams gets traded to the Raiders. Now, I know this is kind of fresh. We're all still kind of reeling from it a little bit. But, I mean, my initial thoughts are, you know, Rodgers takes a hit on this, right? If he doesn't have Adams, they don't – I mean, we got a lot of time left. I get that. Who knows who they're going to get? But the fact that we don't know is what gives him that negative in my book. Um, I think, and I mean, maybe I'm alone on this, but I think Adams goes up here because he's going to a team getting paid 141 million for five years. That's a team that wants him. That's going to build around him. That's going to make sure that he succeeds. I think it's good for him in that regard. I think Derek Carr is, is up. Uh, I mean, Waller is up. Maybe Renfro is down in value for this. I mean, it's kind of all speculative. We don't quite know what all to think of it, but man, that AFC West is just becoming a powerhouse now with Adams in the in the Las Vegas Raiders team. So, Scott, I guess, what are your opinions on this as an initial reaction to this Adams trade? Yeah, I mean, this, this is why I hate, like, these, you know, rapid reactions. It's just like, I don't, I don't I'm know. not looking for I, a hot take. I'm, not, I'm just, like, curious. First I don't know what it means. I mean, <laughs> my initial reaction, like, is, well, Derek Carr sucks, so that hurts Adams, you know. Uh, adding Adams hurts... Renfro hurts Waller hurts. I mean, these are just initial reactions. Are they true? I don't know. Probably not. I got to look at the data. I mean, we have a whole new system in there, right? It's McDaniels now. So, I mean, there's just, there's just so, there's so much that needs to be put together here. But like, if this is what I would say, like, what's the actionable advice? I mean, the actionable advice is if people think that like Adams is just going to suck now. I mean, remember him and Carr play together in college. So they they do have some sort of rapport. Okay, they're they're good friends still to this day. Um, literally, Derek Carr's brother talks about it every day on on NFL Total Access on NFL Network. So mm-hmm. um, this is something he's wanted for a long time. They've wanted to play together. Um, 
you know, if anybody's saying that he's going to take a big hit, maybe now's the time to trade for him. Uh, you know, Rogers, same thing. If if they're like, oh, Rogers, oh, he's, he doesn't have Adams. Who's he going to throw to? Listen, they'll figure it out. Okay, it doesn't matter really who he's going to throw to <laughs> yeah. because he's Aaron Rodgers. So again, if you can buy him, if you're on a contending team, and and now's the time where people are overreacting, maybe take advantage of that. Like people that are getting emotional, you know, this is this is what I do in my everyday life too. Is we take advantage of the emotion. You know, let's take the emotion out of it. And let's look at it logically and make good decisions. And I bet if you can get Rodgers for 80% of what you could have got him for yesterday, you're probably going to be pretty happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And his price might go up tomorrow when they trade for Juju or whatever. I mean, like, we don't know sure. what's coming next. Sure. Right? Exactly. And that's kind of that's kind of where I was just kind of curious what your gut was saying, not necessarily right. where you're going to land. It's like initial reactions are not hot takes. I'm entirely with exactly. you on the logic to it. Hot takes are different. In my opinion, hot takes are after you've seen all the facts, you then go against the grain and pick something that is an outlier. That's a hot take. And I don't think that's what we're talking about. We're not a hot take show. We never have. Right. But we are a little bit of the value change, gut feeling. Where should we go next? Kind of where should we take this? Like you said, actionable advice. And so that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Like where my gut tells me this. I'm not making any moves based on this, to be honest. I'm not making any changes in value on any of this until I do more research. 100% with you. But in my opinion, that's kind of true of all of free agency, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot of things that change in free agency that can be crazy and go up and down all over the place. I'm I'm rarely making trades during this point of the, in the season, right? Where it's like, I might make waiver ads in Dynasty. I might make, you know, speculative players like Jonathan Ward is on a roster now. And he wasn't mm-hmm. before, you know, players like that, where it's like, they're on waivers, they're free. I, I'll take a flyer. Maybe he's the guy, right? Maybe, maybe Connor gets hurt again. Like, I don't know, maybe... Maybe they add two more players and Ward's still on the bench. Guess what? A dropman doesn't matter, right? That's not what we're looking for. I'm just saying like Adams, in my mind, that changes his value. And to me, that makes him a do not do anything with, right? Don't overpay for him, but don't sell him for peanuts. And I guess, Jordan, are you on that same page? Is that generally how you look at free agency for now? Or you kind of make those snap reactions and just sort of play the market for their values? Yeah, I mean, I I think a good source of value is finding where the market you know, starts hating on a player where I think it's unreasonable, right? I think yes. if if the answer to this is Darren Waller, it goes down in price. I'm in on Darren Waller, right? I think Same. that's yep. I think that's um, that's probably the the result. I, the thing that's fascinating about this, um, again, if I think if if Rogers, I think this takes some top off of Rogers' ceiling would be my assumption. And the problem is, is, as I look at this right now, I don't know how they fix this in terms of anything resembling a wide receiver one. It looks like Jarvis Landry might be landing in Atlanta. Um, it, I don't know what Juju Smith-Schuster's deal was, and I don't know if he's a wide receiver one at this point. Yeah, I don't I know if say, I don't know if that matters. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they ta- if they're in on a guy like Julio. Like, I'm just trying to figure out ways that they could potentially be in on somebody. You know, I joked about right. maybe Cole Beasley. Cole, I mean, as crazy as that might sound, like he could be a, a good option for them uh, to take a good chunk of targets. Um, you know, who's out there, right? I'm just trying to think about who those guys could be and what that would look like. Um, you know, so I, I think it it concerns me a little bit that there isn't a clear answer, right? There's no succession plan behind about that. That concerns me a little bit with Rogers. I think he'll figure it out, but that that's a concern. Um, and I think you go to, you know, you look at Vegas. I think this probably helps uh, Carr on a multi- pronged way i think it probably helps car from a pure production standpoint i think they probably you know the the inference would be hey they might throw the ball more too 
Um, I think yeah. that's that's one thing you could infer from this. The other thing is it makes it more and just a just a pure survival of Derek Carr. This makes it more difficult to um, find somebody else that's not him, right? He's been long rumored to mm. be on the you know on the potential move. You know, point. I think the the carousel's probably stopped. They're probably going to have to extend him. This probably signals, hey, they're not in on you know using that first to upgrade at the position. You know, and I don't know what that would be at this point. They haven't made that move, so that's probably the end of that speculation. I would expect it gets extended pretty soon. I think all of like that's the. I look at this more of like the ancillary effects of it. I think it yeah. probably helps Carr from like a longevity perspective and probably a ceiling perspective as well. Well, I think too to kind of hit back on what we were just saying too, and you're you're saying exactly where I wanted to go with this is that the the market right now isn't certain about what it feels like, right? The mm-hmm. thing just happened. The markets are closed. We'll see tomorrow at eight a.m. when the markets open. Yeah, yeah. Ago, right, right. And it's that same kind of logic. Like, don't make a trade until we see where the market is. If the market comes out low on Waller, and they're saying, "Hey, Waller is now he was crap last year with Adams. He's crap this year, and his value takes a twenty percent drop." I'm in. I'm with you 100%, right? Mm-hmm. And the same logic goes for Rodgers. Like you said, Scott, if he takes a dip and everybody's like, I'm out, right? Then I'm in. That's what we were just saying before. If everyone's zigging, that's when you zag. So I don't want to make it look like there's actionable info today, right? This podcast is being recorded when there really isn't time to, to know that yet. And I think a lot of the time, what we end up doing is responding to the market. We don't make the market. We just react to the market. And I think that's the best way to play this game, in my opinion, mm-hmm is to find a spot where the market differs from your value. And to do that, you need to first let the market find where it's going to be, but then also do your own research a little bit. Go out there and find some information and some listen to some smart people that we bring on this podcast like yourself, Jordan, and say, all right, what do these guys think, right? You're not going to have an answer in one hour. It's going to take more time than that to come up with your, your actual reasonable response for anybody, right? And I think sometimes and the emotions get the better of all of us, right? We've all been in our feelings and like, you know what? I'm done with this guy. I'm trading him this week because he did crap for me on Sunday night football. And it's the game everybody watched. And no, that never helps your team, right? Just play the long game. And again, if you're in one league, that's much harder to do than if you're in 30. If you're in 30, it's easier to just say, well, I'll see how it goes in three weeks, in four weeks, five weeks, and see how it goes. When you're in one league and you only have those 25 rostered players in your dynasty league, and I know because I started in one league, right? And it was like, I just, I got to make a trade. I got to get this guy off my team. It's everything. It's my entire dynasty. 100% of my teams have this guy. You know what I mean? Because it's just right. one league. And so right. I think that's another way to make this, like, if you're in just the one or two, take a breath, pause, don't freak out. I always tell people this, and I'm sure that you would agree with this too, Jordan, is that we don't have to set lineups right now. All right? Right. There's no reason to make a move. There's no possible reason why you need to worry about who's starting in your wide receiver two slot. doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. If you can trade Devontae Adams as someone thinks that he's he's crashing and you can trade for Devontae Adams and send away a player like, I don't know, uh, Antonio Gibson or something. You know what I mean? Like whatever right. you think is a lower value player, but the other guy is really high on, that's a worth doing trade, right? And that's what we're all about. And that's where some of these NFL trades can really come into play. So the other one that I did want to bring up, and just before we get into some of the signings and a lot of those, we can kind of blend together. But um, the other big one I wanted to mention was Amari Cooper traded to the Browns. Now, you mentioned mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry, of course. He was cut. Baker seems to be moving on. I mean, we've had a couple of days with this Amari Cooper stuff. I'm curious, I guess, and, and maybe, Scott, I'll start with you, I guess. Where are you with Amari Cooper? Is this better for him? Do you feel like this is a good move? Still too many questions, can't really decide. I mean, where are you at with Amari Cooper right now? I mean, as long as Baker's not his quarterback, then I think it's fine. Um, but So if it's really, Case Keenum, we're okay? Like, you're, you're fine yeah. with that? 
Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Case Keenum can throw to him all day. Um, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be in that Dallas offense. He's not playing with a top quarterback and Dak, so I don't, I don't see how it really helps. But at the same time, who else is there? Who are they throwing to? Um, so he, he could be a volume guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, look at I that! Mean, it happens so fast, right? Here's your, here's your rapid reactions. Everyone's like, "Well, so much for Njoku," and then uh, two days later, up oh, they cut Hooper. Right? So right. you know what I mean? Like exactly. things change so fast this time right. of year. Um, I mean, now, you know, now we're happy for Joku somewhat. Um, but yeah, you know, who knows who are they going to sign somebody else? What are they going to do with that offense? Are they going to get a quarterback? So I, I can't really make any decisions based on that right now. Um, there's just too many questions. Uh, he's, he's kind of getting up there for me and he's never really been a consistent guy as it is. So I, I'm probably not too excited about him but i mean you can't really sell him you're not gonna get anything for him i was just gonna say like he's not a buy but he's not a sell either right like he's one of those kind of perfect middle ground and again that's what that's what a lot of i think and again maybe that's the overarching theme of this show tonight is you know don't make any crazy moves but like you don't have to buy or sell anybody right like none of none of this has to happen today and i think a lot of times too when it comes to someone like cooper who's kind of had a questionable history he's been a you know, top tier receiver and name and, and value and all this, but he's playing on the Browns with Baker. Who knows if it's not with Baker, maybe that's better. I, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many questions. It's hard to value. I mean, is that kind of where you're at too, Jordan? The same as what Scott was saying. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because we've got the AOD trade finder. So it searches like 6,000 MFL leagues for trades involving Amari Cooper. And we have had um, very little action on yeah. him, which isn't that common uh, for a player to have very little action. And I'm talking like less than six trades in the last month. That's, That's crazy. A, that, that tells you something about a player. Yeah. Right? That tells you something about a player. Um, you know, and so you look, you know, before this trade, it was him for Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, since this trade, we've really only got one trade again. It, this is a static market. I think is it's is really notable. Um, it's Amari Cooper and Van Jefferson for Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, I, I think, like, I, I think Amon Ross St. Brown's really interesting. What he did last year. Um, I think if you're getting Amari Cooper plus for for Amon Ross St. Brown, you're probably on the right side. Um, you know, I, Van Jefferson's debatable about how useful he is, and probably less so now than he was you know, maybe when that trade was made 72 hours ago, but um, you know, I, I, I've thought about trying to get a first for him. I, I did that in a number of leagues and had zero success. Laughed like at sending Cooper for a first, right? Like yes. getting, sending him away for a first. Okay. Correct. And you know, and then that led me to believe, Hey, is there a, is there a buy for a second window, which I haven't mm. fully explored. I think probably tomorrow will be the day that I try and get into that a little bit and just see, just poke around, um, yep. you know, because I think at that point, right. Even if he's not a big time difference maker, at least he can eat some innings for you at the wide receiver position, which is really what I want from a player in that. I range. love that eat some innings. I love that baseball talk. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Just chew and, through some of those middle innings that nobody wants, right? And just get you some points on the board. Nothing absolutely, wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and you need, you know, one of the things I talk about in in this, and I I I use the I talked about one of my favorite pitchers, Jamie Moyer, in this edition of AOD. Just the value of a player that you can go out there and just over the course of a season. I don't really like, uh, listen, I know that part of putting Amari Cooper out there, there's going to be some variance. There's going to be some variance with all wide receivers, but I know generally at the end of the day, like he's probably going to be a seven, eight target 
a game guy. It's kind of what it's going to average out to be. And there's a, there's a value to that, which is in my lineup um, at the end of the year, it's going to be between wide receiver 15 and 30. Right. And, and if I just sort of put him out there every week, I sort of know that's probably close to what I'm going to get. And that's valuable because that allows me to do different things roster construction wise. Right. Yeah. So if I can do that at a second round rookie pick valuation, I could probably do that with, I don't know, 20 different guys. Right. You could, you can make that simply Brandon cooks for even cheaper, probably, yeah. you know, those types of bets that you can make. Um, I look at Cooper in that light now, which is like, Hey, if I can sort of get him for that cost, that's great. If I can sell him for a cost that someone is treating him higher than that, you know, if it's a move on Baker or something like that, um, you know, where someone's treating him like a first, that's a, I can sort of trade that spread, right? Trade Cooper for that, you know, and I can use another asset to, to go after a guy that can eat innings for me in that range, you know, like a cooks, like a if Landry lands someplace where he's a nominal one, something like that. I can, any number of other guys that I could sort of do that with, I'll try it. So that's a, that's, I think a spot where you can arbitrage that a little bit and make some, make some good well, sense. I think too. And, and Cooper is a prime example of this and it's a perfect way to segue into the, the, this kind of topic and more strategy talk even is that when you're on the clock at two Oh six and you just don't see anyone you really like, you send that offer for Cooper then, right? right. You send cause that's when rookie fever is at its peak. You're on the clock. The clock is ticking. There might be a guy that guy wants, and it's like, hey, you know what? I am kind of done with Cooper. No one sent me anything for him. I thought maybe somebody would send me a first, and I never got that. Maybe 206 right now on the clock, I can get David Bell, who's still on the clock, right? Mm-hmm. I can get uh, you know Justin Ross or whoever, some guy that I really like, and I don't have any picks mm-hmm. until 306. So, yeah, I'll trade it now. You know, That's where I feel like he's, he's, again, when do you make this trade? There's no reason to trade for Amari Cooper right now unless you can get him for a song, right? That's the logic. And I think sometimes people kind of misunderstand this is a bad thing, but I think it's just the way it is. But the buy price and sell price are always different for players, right? The price yes. I'm willing to pay is always going to be different than the price it's going to take to get him off my team. If he's on my team, it's because I like him. Therefore, there's a premium on that, right? And I think sometimes people look at it like, well, you you would only pay a second, but you're not going to give a second. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's just not how it works. I don't know how else to put it. Um, but I think too, when the, when you're on the clock on in your rookie draft, you know, when that pick is at its most valuable, that's when you can kind of play it even like 206 is like a first, right? Because mm-hmm. now there's a player on the board that I thought was a first round talent. You know what? I will make that trade. It's not a first. Right. And so the person sending it, if I'm sending 206, it's not a first. But if I send it today, it's clearly not a first. There's no one that's right. going to say it's a first. But when I'm on the clock, it might be seen that way, right? And that's that valuation difference. So I think that's that's kind of a worthy topic that I, I don't know if it doesn't get it talked about enough, but I just feel like especially when you're talking trades and kind of value bumps and ups and downs, why make that trade today? I can't tell you how many times people send me DMs like, what do you think about this offer? I'm like, OK, well, why are you making that trade right now? Will that trade not be there in a week or two or six? Mm-hmm. Is that trade going away? I mean, we're in March. Mm-hmm. It's entirely different on Thursday night and the guy plays in three hours. Make the trade. Right. Like that different. It's a during the season. You're, you're got to make the trade. It's week six. I get it. But we're in March. You don't have to make that trade. today, Right. And especially when rookie picks are involved. You know what I mean? Like just just hold because if they want that rookie pick, I can't tell you how many times too. I've had an offer sent to me and I smashed a client. I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, mm-hmm. nope. And that says a lot right there, too, because then the guy sends another offer with an added third. And I'm just like smashed a client. Nope. Because he knows he's going to keep up is until is, I start to think about it. Right. So the quicker right. and easier you do that, take yourself the emotions out of it. Mm-hmm. And you can make some crazy value jumps on things just by doing little things like that. 
you know, and just kind of playing the game. To- totally. And I, that's one thing that it's funny because I try and put a number to something and, you know, no, we, you never. <laughs> what do we say? The math behind the feeling, right? That's right. Uh, I, I, one place that I don't think we can really do that with and as is, is sort of the timing of trades. And so it's a really tough or the timing of a transaction generally. It's a really tough thing to to get right. It's yeah. something I've tried to sort of study more. It's it's more anecdotal, right? It's more feel than it that it is anything I can say like, hey, here's here's kind of a number to think about. Um, but I always think about like a couple of a couple of ways to guide that is why do I need to do this deal now, which is what you just talked about. Um, does this deal go away? Right. If you're trading, you know, if you're at 101 in a rookie draft, the answer to the question is no, it doesn't go away. Right. Um, That never that that demand probably doesn't go away until that you're on the clock. Right. Outside something crazy happening. And as soon as you make the pick, the value drops tremendously. Right. Right. That's the other catch is like making the pick. Right. We're like driving the car off the lot. It's the same kind of logic. Right. Like as soon as that pick gets a name to it, it loses value. It loses the allure. Right. You have to kind of there's that threading the needle. But yeah, I'm with you. But until basically until you sort of make the pick, right? It it it, it is gone up in value. It is it's, it's unlikely to go down in value. Let's just put it that way. And there's like there's there's a big demand for it. Um, you know, once you pick a player, that might not be the player that other people are going to pick, right? If especially in a class like this, that maybe there's not a consensus one, right? There might be more bidders for the pick than there is the player that you take at the pick. So you have all those things. But I, I do think like I had a subscriber today. We were talking about you know they wanted to make a trade for a big quarterback. Like, well, I can make a DAC deal. And I was like, you could. I said, the problem is, is it was like a Lance-centric deal. It was like a Lance for DAC-centric type deal. And the problem with that is, is it's it's a good trade, right? It was the trade that he wanted was a, was a good trade. I said, the problem with that is it rules out the ability to trade Lance for someone better later on. Yes. And you might be able to, and this is, I think, getting into like graduate level dynasty, right? I think if you make that deal, you're a hat odds wise. But sure. one of the things that that's, that's tough to, to get right. And I think a lot about is how do I time that? Right. So it's a, I want, I want that to be where my team is in August, but do I want to make the deal right now for, you know, to trade Lance for, for Dak um, I want to make it really before Lance plays because I don't want to endure that risk. And I want the upgrade to a good, you know, to a solid quarterback, but I might be able to sort of harness some of that hype to go from Lance to an even higher quarterback, whether that's Josh Allen, right? I might be able to make that jump from Lance plus other assets for someone looking to maybe reset the clock. Um, it, 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 that that's a maybe a gettable thing, whereas it might be more difficult to actually go from Lance to Dak and then go from Dak to to Josh Allen. Right, that yeah. might actually be a more difficult, even though it's it, for me it's a higher price quarterback. That might actually be a more difficult pivot. Um, and by making the deal now for Lance, you actually might rule out making a deal later on that that might even be better. Right, just because you're sort of pinning yourself into. A, almost a similar type of quarterback than the quarterback you'd be trading for. You don't have that paradigm, um, that difference there. So I do think thinking about those things, when you're making a deal, why are you making it right now? Right. You should almost never be making a deal for need right now. Right. Because nope, exactly. I want to write a chapter. There's no need. Right. I, I want to <laughs> yeah. write a chapter of all the things I should just start saying things that I believe and just start writing them down. And then, you know, just right now it's March 17th as we're recording this happy St. Patrick's day to everybody. That's but right. 
<laughs> I, I just write some things down that I believe and then reevaluate them in August. <laughs> like, and if you went through it last year, it was like Cam Akers was going to be good. ETN was going to be good. JK Dobbins was going to be good. You know, like Watson was going to be good. <laughs> like, all these things that, that suffered just catastrophic failures. Um, you know, there's just so much that you don't know. And yeah. what you could be a position of weakness right now could actually turn out to be a position of strength. Oh, yeah. Vice versa, right? What could be a position of strength, presumably right now, might be a bad position of weakness. So maintaining flexibility and you're really trying to make a deal for the best assets, for the best team, and then figure out kind of the positional fit later on. When, and something to kind of piggyback on that, something I tend to say a lot is, well, how much risk do you have on your roster already? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there is mm-hmm. a risk profile that I'd like to have a little bit of risk, but not all the risk, right? I don't right. want to roster with every risky player. That's too much risk for me. It just, it's not the way I like to play it. There are definitely teams and leagues that I don't mind doing that, but in, in general, on the whole, I like to have some risky high upside, high, you know, low, low side, like really mm-hmm. like boomer bust kind of players, you know, someone like a Zay Jones on my bench, someone like a DJ Chark who's injured or like a Calvin Ridley right now is a right. big, you know, big, huge gigantic value difference from his high to his low ceiling so it's like sometimes you have to look at it too and say well do you have a lot of those guys already then you shouldn't be trading for more of those guys you should be adding some more stability and some high floor players right. to kind of get you through and i mean again i wrote an article for fantasy pros a couple well, even now a couple months ago i feel like where it's drafting for balance like mm-hmm. find a balance that you enjoy find it the team that makes the team work and again goes back to roster construction right like right now lineups don't matter but rosters matter Having a roster that is able to withstand this chaos of the offseason is not easy to do. There's going to be everybody's got a roster that's got players moving teams or other players moving that changes the value of their players and all that. That's just the nature of the game. But if you can leverage some of that risk and trade away risk for stability or vice versa to kind of keep your team in the hunt in the offseason, that's all that matters. And I mean, God, Scott, how many times have we said it? Trade away running backs, right? Like just send running backs. Like we don't mm-hmm. need running backs in our day. Get rid of them, right? Trade it for something more stable. Trade it for something that's not going to lose value because of one, in, one injury. I mean, running backs already have such a short lifespan. You know, when they turn 25, 26, the, the you know, undertaker is done with them, right? They're just, they're not coming back out of that casket. But receivers, we see it all the time where they can play 28, 29, 30. So like if you're rebuilding, you know, maybe that's a roster construction you should look at is like, well, maybe I pivot from this player, you know, Mike Evans or even Ridley or who knows down a little bit to a Juju plus a piece because Juju's a couple years younger. He's still got some crazy high upside. You know, he's got a low floor, but like that risk might be what my team needs right now. You know, Mm -hmm. and add that in a second and I'm good to go. Right. And again, we're talking variable different trades, but I think that all kind of goes into the same strategy we've been talking about now. We've been mentioning that we're doing free agency talk and that's kind of the plan, but all of this has just been trades. And mm-hmm. I think we're already at an hour, right? And so I think most of this is just, let's run through some of this, who's signed with who. We're not going to hit everybody, but I do want to list some of this and maybe, you know, you can pick one out of this if you want, Scott and Jordan, each of you kind of pick one to talk about for a few minutes before we get into find me a trade because we could talk all night, but I don't think our listeners want to listen for six hours as much as that'd be fun for us. Um, so real quick, let's go through some signings. These are players that have switched teams that I think are, are kind of fantasy relevant or could be fantasy relevant. By no means is this list exhaustive. There is a whole ton of signings. But I think the big one, the big team, at least, that was making moves this week anyway, was the Jaguars. Mm. They spend big. They went out and get Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram, which I think is a terrific idea on paper. But, man, <laughs> those players are all just, oof. 
Uh, we got Trubisky signed by the Steelers, which again, oof, right, there's some talk on that one. Cedric Wilson and Chase Edmonds both get signed by the Dolphins. That's interesting. The Dolphins team is shaping up. They've got some other signings too. Um, the one I thought was, this is offensive related, but it's Alex Kappa and Ted Karras signed by my Bengals. We're finally getting some offensive line. That go. can change that whole team, right? That helps fantasy. Uh, in a similar vein, CJ Uzama left the Bengals, is now signed with the Jets. And then Chark left the Jaguars, is signed by the Lions. So those are some of the ones, just to kind of toss it out there, um, that I think are all big signings this week in free agency. Scott, do any of those kind of stand off or you kind of feel like the one you want to bring up and spend a couple of minutes chatting about here? Yeah, Evan Ingram. Evan <laughs> Ingram sucks. But I said, if he goes to Jacksonville, watch that watch that go up. Because, listen... If you can play that Zach Ertz role um, in Peterson's offense, oof, I love that. Now, he's a little bit smaller than Ertz. Um, I don't think he has the hands that Ertz does either. he's certainly but, not the know. blocker, but yeah. uh, listen, they're, they're going to utilize him because it, pretty much everyone else sucks. And then they signed um, you know, a couple guys that are questionable. And, I mean, I think Kirk's a good player, so that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. and you know, could he get you 60, 70 catches this year? Sure. Will he have 20 drops? I don't care. I don't get negative points for drops. So I really don't <laughs> care. I don't care how many drops he has. Yeah. Does 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 everyone hate Deontay Johnson? Is is he not like universally loved? The dude drops balls left and right. Now he, no. he did better a year last ago, year. He was hated. A year ago but, he was hated, but he fixed it. Oh, right? I yeah. I don't know. Try trading for him. I mean no, I'm saying a year ago I, it was easier. It's harder now. That's okay. all. All right. I mean, I, I don't care how many. Listen, if you have 24 drops, that means you probably got 100 targets. So give me that all day at tight end. I mean, all I mean, almost all my leagues at this point are tight end premium. So I'm happy to have a guy that essentially everyone hates, you yeah. know, because you've had so many years of just like disappointment. Letting you Great. down. Great. Give him to me <laughs> because I think he's a guy that he could he could fill in for me on that you know, that spot where I need him. And then that way I feel, you know, less uh, worried about having a Kelsey, right? Is he going to fall off the cliff? You know, I don't know. Well, I've got Ingram behind him now, so I don't feel terrible about it. If he comes out in the first few weeks and has, you know, big games, great. I'm trading him. I'll be the first one to trade him. I'm not saying like, I love this guy, but I just think he falls into a good situation. And I mean, it's something I brought up here a few weeks ago. And so I love that, that, that kind of came true. Um, you know, and I like the opportunity. I mean, I will take Ingram and Jacksonville over any of these random, like, you know, Uzama to the jets or whatever. Like who cares? (laughs) Really? It's not, you know, he had a couple of good games, whatever. He's your average three for 30 guy. You know, I mean, there's 24 of those guys on any given week. So um, I'll take anyone who isn't that, you know, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens from there. And listen, what's the worst that can happen? He sucks. Okay. He already sucks. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Like there, it all matters it, about the cost. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, the cost is so low. It doesn't the risk bother is me. so low. The reward is so me. high. Why not? I totally agree exactly. with your logic on that. I guess, Jordan, are you on that same page? And then which one of these guys do you want to talk about for a minute? Yeah, I, I mean, I love the Ingram. I actually love the Ingram profile. I, one of the these stats I've been toying around with is po- the PPR points per route run. Uh, mm. When you look like he's had a stark drop, he was actually pretty good uh, his first three years, and has had a stark drop the past couple of years. Kind of corresponds with some bad quarterback play. So, mm. I, I mean, I, you know, is he the perfect prospect at this point? No, but is he the? 
I, I look at these guys and think, who's a guy that can make a difference and stand out? Like you said, I don't think it's CJ Uzama, right? Uh, we have seen Evan Ingram make a difference. I think that there's probably still that there. Um, one that I like, you know, I don't know if he'll ever get the volume, but who's actually been really good on a per route run basis. It just hasn't gone um, that well for him. And it's funny because I didn't like him coming out. And I, now I'm interested because five years have gone by and everyone's passed him by, but it's OJ Howard, right? And yeah. a really cheap, yeah. on a really, really cheap speculative deal. To your bills. Again, I, He's yeah. on waivers in a lot of leagues. Yeah. Right. People and gave up. You know, right? I don't I don't know if he ever makes it to the point where he, he makes a difference. But one of the things that I looked at was um, his points per route run uh, for his career, 0.36. Where does that rank? Top 14% wow. in terms of guys. And and when you look at guys, it's let's just contextualize that for a second. When you look at guys like Ingram, when you look at guys like Gasicki, when you look at the other guys that are sort of in this class that are um uh, we're in this free agent class that ended up getting tagged. Where are they? About about top thirty percent. So all around the same, right? By the way, like Ingram looks a lot like Gasicki. Just it's kind of dispersed a little bit differently in terms of sure. some of the efficiency stuff. Okay. Um, so in, so Howard punches really high on that. Again, is it a long shot? Hundred percent. But that's the types of bets that I love to make. Is like, hey, if if this player. Like if, if this player gets an opportunity, we kind of know that he's efficient and it's just a matter of getting more opportunity. Yeah. May, may it not ever come. It might not ever come, but if it does, I think we can feel a little bit more confidence that, that we kind of have an idea that the player can play. So I think that one's interesting. The other one you mentioned Trubisky from a football perspective, like we should learn from this dynasty wise. This was, I think the best free agent deal of all of free agency because it gave them an upside shot for virtually no cost. Nothing. They did it without yeah. the cost of a rookie pick, and it precluded them from doing nothing. Right. It doesn't stop them from trading up in the it draft. Double it, down. Doesn't, it doesn't stop them from, from taking someone and just sitting there. It doesn't stop them from it, – it, it could allow them to trade down, and maybe they like you know quarterback five in this class, and they want to say, hey, let's just see what this – how this plays out for a year, right? And if Trubisky's not good, they can go readdress it next Nothing year. Nothing to lose. And, and if he's good, if if he actually is good, I mean, this is a quarterback who, on a deal not dissimilar from this, led his team to the playoffs, right? So when you sort of start looking at that and you say, all right, and and he doesn't, again, you, it's really tough to make this comp, but he doesn't look worse than Ryan Tannehill through this point of his career. Is Ryan Tannehill a, a Huge difference maker, no. But is he a reclamation project that was like worth a spec bet on? A hundred percent, and it's paid yep. off for Jacksonville. Huge, right? That was a huge payoff for them. Um, I think in terms of like bets, like asymmetric, pure upside bets with very little risk. This is like the best. I love those types of bets. That's an OJ Howard type bet. If you're thinking dynasty, I love that bet by the by pittsburgh because it was riskless and it's yeah it, it's it and the the best part about that is is like we should learn from that because us as dynasty gms dynasty players we're only subject to our own clock right so if mm. there's a situation where we find ourselves kind of in a bad spot right maybe you know maybe you had brady and Brady retires and he truly did retire or you lost breeze. And you, maybe you were playing something with, you had Roethlisberger, right. And he was, and you were sort of struggling along, but now you're sort of stuck in a position. 
you could do a couple of things that you could go the Washington route, which is like, all right, I'm going to trade for this middling guy. I'm going to spend a whole bunch of assets to basically overpay for Carson Wentz. Or you could be like, all right, like, listen, I can play the long game on this. Right? I can, I'm going to take a bunch of small shots, right? I'm going to take Trubisky. Like I'm going to wait and see what comes to me in a rookie draft. Instead of trading up, I'll wait and see what comes to me in the middle of a rookie draft. And then I'll just address the position there. If it's right, or if not, I've got an asset that I can later trade for one. Right. And you sort of do that. I think it's, Dynasty, you're really able to act like the Steelers did here, which is be patient, um, not not swing haphazardly, not you know a drunken swing in a pinata, but really <laughs> a thoughtful sort of say, all right, like let's make an upside bet, and if it doesn't work out, we we're not going to all lose our jobs. Well, and let's keep in mind, this is still before the draft, too. That's why I like this totally as a perfect move because, like, why not? You've got you've got a hole where Roethlisberger's retired. They've had the same QB for the last, what, 20 years, I feel like, 18 years or whatever, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger's been there. Um, that 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 whole, you know, Pittsburgh, I guess, idea, the whole way they build their teams is longevity. You know, they put somebody in there and they stick with them. And I feel like that's not what Trubisky is. So it's kind of zigging when everyone's zagging. It's the same thing yes. we were just talking about, right? And it's like, hey, you know, this guy didn't have a great job didn't do a great job i guess in general but that was mostly naggy in chicago you know scott's a big fan of naggy kidding um but he did pretty well he did pretty well as a backup in in buffalo and i think he showed at least that he can do the job and perform the task and be a potentially anyway be a better bridge quarterback than golf is on a much cheaper contract and much less risk so it's almost like a why not it's a win-win right it's it's a you know that's like you're good good it's the same kind of thing like it, the worst thing that happens is he doesn't do well. Okay. That's great. doesn't matter. Like they're, they're not banking on him to win them a title. They're really just saying he's better than the other alternatives. We, we'd rather him than, you know, Winston or, you know, pick a name out of a hat. Right. Like there's a couple of Mariota or whatever. Like they, those guys aren't going to make or break your team either. At least Trubisky has the ability to, to hold the game together. And that team, I mean, with Deontay and chase and Najee Harris, I mean, they're, they're kind of built to win now. So I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. we see if we can make it work. And we do that kind of half rebuild that we do in Dynasty, where it's like, you know, retool, not a whole rebuild. I don't need to take it down to the studs. I just need one or two pieces. Maybe I can make this work. And maybe Trubisky's a guy. So I'm right there with you. I think he yeah. impacts a ton of players on that team for Dynasty. And it's impossible to know in on March 17th what that valuation difference is going to be. It's just right. impossible. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for me, Pittsburgh is a team that I'm not, I wouldn't say avoiding, but I'm not making any big splash trades involving Pittsburgh players for now. I got to do some more digging on that and kind of, I definitely want to see how the draft goes. Cause if they draft a, a receiver and there's a, you know, or sorry, draft a quarterback and there's like a battle for quarterback that changes things again. Right. So we'll kind of see how it goes, but no, I, I like the Trubisky move too. And I think that was, that was a very interesting one. Uh, last, I do want to kind of hit on a couple of guys that re-signed that kind of decided to stay with their teams and see if there was any talk we wanted to have about them, because sometimes these are, I wouldn't say just as interesting, but can provide some insights into what the team wants to do and what the player wants to do. Um, I only put four on here. And again, these are not exhaustive, but these are just some of the ones that I thought were interesting. But Gallup staying with the Cowboys. That's an interesting one. I don't think a lot of us expected that. But with Cooper leaving, it makes more sense. Uh, Cousins staying with the Vikings. There was some talk about him potentially leaving or being traded. Seems like that's not happening. James Conner staying with the Cardinals. Obviously, Edmonds left. We mentioned earlier going to the Dolphins. Is this Conner's job? And then the last one, which I thought was the most entertaining, and it involved your Bills there, Jordan, was mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick signing with the Bills, and then, oops, never mind, I'll stay with Washington. So oh, any of those jump off the page to you, Scott, that you want to hit on a little bit more or get into some more info about? Um, You know, not really. I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, 
that a lot of these guys end up just staying with their own teams. It's it's always I think this year there was less than that than there yeah. normally is. You know, I think the last couple of years that's that's been pretty common. Um you know, fantasy wise, I don't know. Like Cousins again, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but just because there's so much need for a quarterback and there's so many teams that just wish they had cousins, then he's still valuable, you know, and uh, O'Connell already knows what he can expect with him. And so, you know, they might as well stick with them. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is, it's boring, but like at the same time, mm-hmm. things change too, exactly. right? Because, yep. you know, now we're talking, well, Gallup resigned with the Cowboys. How much does that change? Well, I don't know, because now Cooper's gone and Cedric yep. Wilson's gone. And, you know, so are they going to draft someone else? Right. And so, again, all there's there's a lot of variables that go into it. So even though it does seem kind of boring, um, things can really change. And so I think you have to, again, take advantage of if anyone thinks that, you know, in my opinion, a guy like Gallup, I, I still like him. He's someone I like coming out. I think he's still good in that offense. He's still likely to be the X in that offense. And listen, if he stays healthy this year and, you know, I know he's coming off an injury. So again, if his value seems low because he's not flashy, like some of these other guys, he's just resigning and it's boring and he's injured and whatever, let's scoop him up because he can, he could probably be your wide receiver three and maybe even better, but probably your wide receiver three down the stretch this year. So, uh, you know, I like a player like that. And so again, just trying to be actionable on, something that's maybe not flashy and fun. Like these are the guys that can help you win. No, and I completely agree. I think in, in that same vein, the one that I was thinking was, was maybe the more interesting one for me was Connor with the Cardinals. Yeah. I think there was a lot of Connor slander coming into last season with Edmonds. Is he going to be the guy? We don't know. Well, the team decided he was good enough that they wanted to resign him and were willing to let Edmonds leave. I mean, willing to let them leave is a weird term. I don't know that for sure. Right. But, Edmonds obviously did leave and went to a different team. And now it's pretty much Connor and, you know, Benjamin and Jonathan Ward. I mean, like, is Connor the guy there now? Is he a bell cow? He, I mean, again, he won me a league last year, right? I mean, like, Connor was one of those guys that I think I got him in like the 14th round of a redraft league. You know what I mean? Like, one of those like afterthought kind of players to fill my bench and ended up starting him eight weeks as the season went along. You know, it just kind of, I don't know, worked out as an RB2 flex option every single week. It was like, yeah, I'll click that box. Let's do it again, you know? Um, and I think if he's going to be the sole proprietor of that backfield, I don't know. I kind of feel like Connor up, you know, I don't want to say don't go buy Connor. We, we just said it before. It's, it's March. We're not buying running backs, but keep an eye on that. I think that's something that if they don't draft a running back and, and the Cardinals are kind of, I don't know, they're kind of in this weird spot right now with Kirk leaving and Hopkins getting older and green, maybe retiring. Who knows if he comes back for another year and obviously Fitz is already gone and, Max Williams, their tight end, maybe coming. I mean, we, there's so many question marks on that offense. Do I even want to bother with Connor? But if the price is right, I always say yes, right? That's always what it comes down to. But Jordan, was there any of that? I mean, do you want to talk about the, the Bills McKissick not signing thing? Is that, you know, did you find that entertaining as a Bills fan, maybe even? Oh, I found it entertaining. I'll say this James Connor finished his running back five last year. Yeah. He was I mean, yeah. And, and led them in, and, you know, uh, was, um, was basically second behind uh, Taylor and touchdowns, right? When you looked at it, it was, it was actually on a per touch basis as well. It was like top four, top five, you know, amongst qualifying players too. So, I mean, it was a high efficient producing season. So I think he's got a lot of ways that even if the efficiency comes down, right, maybe he doesn't get the same puck luck 
uh, in terms of rushing touchdowns, I do think he's got a lot of outs to be, you know, a, a, assuming that he's healthy, he'll be a running back one, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's you know, usually if you get a starting running back who's going to be, you know, the main carrier of touches and he stays healthy, he's going to be a running back one in that sphere. It's just kind of the way the math works once the injury rate starts piling up. So um, I think he's firmly in that conversation as well. Um, I think McKissick's interesting. I, I wonder if it's, to me, it's interesting from what it might tell about what's to come, right? And, you know, one player... I'm thinking about, you know, I'm nostalgic about playing, ten, you know, this is basically my 10th year of dynasty. Um, one of my first rookie picks was Cordero Patterson. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a W on that pick because, <laughs> finally, um, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, we're just going to take a W and just, that's it. Um, we yeah. won. We, he was successful, right? He hit. Um, Walk off. You're good. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but I think like from a, you know, Hey, if the Bills wanted to sort of, you know, th there's three things that they should be doing, right? One is sack Mahomes. The other one is uh, defend Kelsey and Hill. And the third thing is score as many points as you can possibly put up, right? Those are the only three things. And it sounds simple, but everything that they're doing is sort of in line with that. If you just look at that prism, right? Don't screw around, do those things. Um, yeah, that's why the rush defense stuff never concerned me last year, right? Because that's yep. not what's going to be of consequence when it matters. Right. Um, you know, it's not going to matter if Singletary is going to run because you're going to hand the ball to Allen. Right? Like, yep. it doesn't that you have all those solutions, it doesn't matter, and you're just not going to do that in week four, right? Um, you know, I think Cordero Patterson would be fascinating as Bill just because he could do some of the stuff and, and maybe be that move a bigger version of the move piece that McKissick is. I don't know what financially that looks like. But I think it'd be fascinating if they were able to sort of replicate some of the stuff that Patterson was doing early on in the year. And they wouldn't need to turn to him as a full time every down back. I think he'd be like a souped up version of McKissick that would be fascinating. Mm. Um, I hope for fantasy purposes he goes back to Atlanta because I got a fair fair amount of shares of him. But um, I think that would be a fascinating NFL move that would have fantasy implications as well. Well, and again, I think we got to keep this in mind. We are, you know, what, a day, a day and a half, maybe, if you want to count it, into the season, right? Mm -hmm. Free agency just started right. Wednesday at 4 o'clock, and here we are Thursday night talking about free agency. We've got a lot to go, right? And I think this is sometimes where, you know, hot takes come out, but they're not really hot takes. It's more of like, well, with this news, this is my initial gut reaction. And I think sometimes people take that to be like, well, you're going to believe that in August? Like, no, that's not what a gut reaction is. It's just this is my initial reaction. Like, you know, sometimes there is an initial reaction and then there's a pause. There's some study. There's some thinking. There's a, someone else gets signed. Someone else gets unsigned or traded or there's always change. Right. And I think right. sometimes people want to have take lock and be like, well, you, so you're saying you don't like Rodgers now. Well, you, you said that back in March, but now he's got all these receivers. Like, yeah, if the information I had at hand, that was my gut reaction. Like, right. I mean, again, I think sometimes the way these trades and signings go, it can be it can be tricky to keep up with it. And as a dynasty owner, a dynasty manager, I should say. It can be even more exhausting. But again, if you're in one, might as well get another one. Let's join a new league. Let's start mm -hmm. a new draft, right? Like if you're already doing the research, have fun with it. I think the, the one thing I would say to kind of maybe close this up for just a little bit is the more teams you have, the more players you have, and the more fun every signing is, right? The more the more teams you have, the more places you can go for trades and value different bumps and send a second in this league and send a third in this league and just see what you get, right? You mm -hmm. can kind of test the waters out. And that's the fun part of all of this. Um, I think, too, that the other way I'll kind of end this segment is that free agency is by far, it's not even close to over. It's by far mm -hmm. my, one of my favorite things. Other than the draft, it's probably my second favorite thing in all of Dynasty, right? 
because free agency is where value bumps change the most. I, and maybe this is, I don't want to say this is a bold take, but I like the off season more than the regular season. That's why I like dynasty is because it not only is it easier because there aren't lineups to set, which I know Scott and I both are not a fan of. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I can kind of play the game that I like to play with others that like to play it. And these are not, you know, casual fans. In most cases, if you're playing dynasty, if you're a junkie, like the rest of us, this is a year long hobby. This, you don't put this to bed. You just keep going. It's March and we're in free agency. And I care more about free agency than I do the brackets right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, whatever with the March madness, I have not had time. I've been watching rookie tape. I've been watching replays on things. Like, my Bengals made it to play in February. Like I did not expect that, right? Like this has been a crazy awesome year and I'm excited right. for next season, but dynasty is my favorite. And this is the, man, this is the hot spot of that. So with that, let's pivot a little bit here, at least into our last segment of the night. Uh, we do have a find me a trade this week submitted by a listener, Mark Long at Marky Mark 53. Uh, the league is the Marvel Superflex dynasty, which again, I love that we get to see so many of these different teams and different leagues and everything. This one is a bonkers league. This one is more intense than most I've seen. I got to give them props. It's a 12 team IDP Superflex PPR 0.25 PPR tight end premium league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start 20, 11 of which are defense. So there is a lot, a lot, a lot of defense in this league. And I'll be honest with you, Mark, none of us on this podcast are IDP stands. Maybe Jordan, maybe you are, but I nope. know that I know Scott and I are not IDP <laughs> hardcore guys. So I don't think this is out of the realm to say, Mark, you're going to get a lot of offensive trades today. Just that's where we are. That's what we know. And I'd much rather give you a trade I'm confident in than just make something up that's not good. That's not helping anybody. So um, we'll get into the roster for a little bit here, but it is a super flex. So there is uh, you start nine offense. And 11 defense, it's 40 bench, uh, 10 IR, and and five taxis. So there is a lot on this roster. And again, I think to keep it simpler, I'm probably just going to read the offense because I just feel like that's a, I don't know, maybe that's a better way for me to play it. Um, Hang on one second. Let me pull this roster up. Or did you already have it up, Scott? I didn't think you did. I do. Okay. Well, do you want to pull it up then and share and I'll kind of read off real quick? That'd be great. Okay. So, yeah, this is a. What's okay? So um, here I'm gonna read the roster and then you can read what he says. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so his quarterback group is uh, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, Gardner Minshew, running backs DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, really, no one else of note. J.D. McKissick, I guess. Justin Jackson. Um, wide receiver Jamar Chase, C.B. Lamb. Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman. Um, that's pretty much it there. And then tight end, uh, Johnny Smith and Austin Hooper. Ooh. Yeah. Mercy. And now there's a lot of defense. So he's 56 total players. And I think there's like 18 on offense there. So yeah. I don't know. So here's the here's the thing, Mark. Uh, I don't do IDP, so I don't know if this is like normal or not. I have no idea. Like I don't know why you have like 38 defensive ends and you have two tight ends because this is tight end premium. So like I don't know if maybe the scoring is skewed that way. I tried to look at your scoring to see like are you know are sacks worth like 26 points? You know I don't know. Um, so I guess 
that's where, I mean, I had a little bit of trouble finding your trade. I mean, I can improve your offensive players. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much that affects your overall strategy with IDP. I don't know what else that affects now. Uh, you know, Andrew, you want to read what he says and then we can yeah. kind of, we'll, we'll kind of circle back on all this point. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark is, uh, he's a, he's again, this is a league that is a little outside of our normal realm, but we did want to get it in here because I think there's some value to be talked about, but he says, as of right now, I'm interested in trying to upgrade running back and linebacker. He just traded his 23 first and second for Russell Wilson. He's also got the 102, 103, 112, 207 in this year's draft to move if we need to also. So I'm looking at that like this team is pretty good. I don't think there's any massive holes, maybe tight end, which is always going to be a hole in this league. But a 0.25 tight end premium, eh, I'm not really that worried about it. I mean, it helps, but you're not getting enough of a boost to make that a big detriment, in my opinion. Well, not saying that's true, but your best tight end can't be tight end 74. True. I mean, and again, Hooper, I mean, again, it's it's Hooper or Smith. You're going to have to fix that. You're going to have to address that. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like, I'm not as worried with a bad tight end in this kind of a format. With all the other points being scored, especially in an IDP league, when you start 20 players, if your tight end scores 10 points versus 20, it doesn't matter as much. And we've talked about this a little bit. Like when you're only starting eight versus 12, you know, those points matter a lot more if you're only starting eight players, right? If you're, con if you need to consolidate that and get your roster as tight as you can get, but if you're starting 20 players, you can kind of get lost in the crowd. And yes, it'd be nice to have a good tight end, but if you're strong at linebacker and running back and safety and everything other position, like, again, I'm not well enough averse at IDP to know if that's true here, but I'm just looking at it like in general, tight end is the weak spot, but I don't know if it's something I would panic about. I guess that's where I'm going. Um, but he does have a lot of draft picks and having some draft capital in a league like this, obviously if you're starting IDP, that opens up one first round is going to be crazy. Awesome value. You're going to have a ton of players with, you know, Hutchinson and other guys like that. You know, there's some great DBs coming into the league. There's going to be a lot of value in that first and second round. So I like that. He's got some good picks there, but I guess, Jordan, what was, maybe let's start with you. What was your thought on this team and, and kind of where would you make your first move? Yeah, so I would do the Russell Wilson trade again. That would be the solution to this problem. Whatever that is, whatever that, whatever that pick value is, just just make the same deal and and you'd be at the right spot. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, you know, I think generally speaking, my strategy would be to uh, you fix running back by volume, right? More so than you do picking individual running backs, right? So that's you know a lot of backup running backs, right? Some situ you know we've talked about guys like Fournette and. Connor, right? Those guys at, at sort of cheaper costs you can do. Um, I, I, I would see two things. Um, and one thing that jumped out at me was Lawrence. Um, mm. There's a lot of different takes in a world where you can get Russell Wilson for a first and something that wasn't a first. It was a first and a second or first and a third. There seems to be a lot of difference in valuations here in terms of quarterbacks. Um, I would shop Lawrence. And I would think about different ways to do it. Um, I think a Lawrence for Stafford spread could be pretty big, depending on where you are um, and what league you are, what owners you're, or what GMs you're talking with. Right. I think that could be a big spread um, just as a ballpark for this particular purpose. Lawrence uh, for Stafford and Alvin Kamara as a framework, what sort of needs to go from there? Um, that makes you better right now in terms of both at quarterback and at running back. Um, and I think that, you know, you're, yes, there's a value difference probably between Lawrence and Stafford, depending on what leagues you're looking at. 
Um, again, you're probably going to need to add to the Lawrence side, but that would be sort of a starting framework that I would think about because you're taking the cash out value on, on Lawrence right now, instead of holding it on your roster and it being a sub producer, right? Which right. is very much hoping it pays off in three years or whatever. Yep. Correct. Because you know what, by that time, I think Stafford is going to build multiple wins of a lead and then Lawrence is chasing him. Right. And that stuff down the line, any edge that he gets, right. That's very speculative and stuff that you could use now. Um, so that would be one thing that I would think about doing that as a centric trade. Again, I don't think that works straight up, but that's probably the, the, the rubric of a trade that I would think would be pretty interesting. Um, there might be other examples of that that you could potentially do, but that was the first one that I saw. The other one that I would think about doing, you know, you have 102, you have 103, you might be running backs there. You might just be able to sit. Um, the other thing I would think about doing is, um, again, very much all over the place in terms of valuations. I was looking up in our trade finder earlier, uh, uh, some McCaffrey deals and I mean, all over the place. Right. I mean, and so taking, you know, uh, Matt Ryan and Christian McCaffrey for Justin Fields. Right. And then Justin and then McCaffrey for two firsts. It's another deal. Right? So wow. They're all, all over the place. You know, McCaffrey for Aaron Jones, Trey Sermon and Hawkinson. Right. Kind of all over the place. Um, hmm. I would look at the person that has them. I don't know enough about IDP to say whether or not they're a contender, but there's some spots on the offense that I could say, Hey, listen, like they might be looking to retool. And if you want to take on, you know, if they want to take on some of the rookie future risk and you want to take on some of the immediate risk of some of the, the banged up uh, McCaffrey stuff, but take a big swing, just doing it centric around that one Oh three would be, would be an interesting one. They might want one Oh two. And, you know, if you don't see a big difference there between, um, you know, uh, uh, Hall or Spiller, or maybe taking one of the quarterbacks at three. Like if you look at that as a group, um, you know, maybe that does it straight up. I don't know. Um, but that would be something that I would think about doing, uh, you know, as a because I think there's no one that has the difference making potential that McCaffrey does. He's a singular player in terms of guys that can reshape the orbit of which your team revolves around. That's not a quarterback. And I think taking a swing like that, you know, for a, what's probably going to be a second round running back or a first round wide receiver, um, you know, or a quarterback and their odds are like 60%, any of those assets kind of at best taking a shot on a player, you know, is good that you're just hoping that he's healthy. I think that's one that can be a really elite shot. No, I like that. And then that definitely does a kind of the same sort of move I usually do where it's, I wanted to, I want to consolidate power, right? Like I want to do what I can to kind of make my roster as premium as possible. So I think that's a fine idea. I think that's exactly where I would want to go is somewhere in that vein of like getting a CMC or getting a Camara, getting a Stafford. Those are the kind of players that, you know, might be a little bit depressed and you can get for a little bit better, you know, than you think you can, you know, and don't have to pay as much as you want that kind of a um, I think that's perfect. And mine was in a similar vein and kind of that's why I'll piggyback on mine next here was that I was going to say you can, you know, Howard the Duck, which again, I love that Howard the Duck is in this Marvel centric league because it's a deep cut. I know, Scott, you're not a fan because you're not familiar, but well, anyone who's, know who he is, I know anyone who's who's a huge fan of MCU and will understand the Howard the Duck, which I think that's a terrific team name anyway. But my trade was to send Swift, Goff and maybe the 212 to Howard the Duck for Jonathan Taylor and Gabe Davis. Now, I'm not sure this trade goes through as is. No and we always say this. We, oh, I know. We always <laughs> say this. Like, 
There are definitely people out there that value Swift a lot lower than most, but he is the running back two in DLF March ADP, right? He is literally all the way up to RB2 and, or three or whatever. Like he's right there. So for some people, Taylor not having a quarterback, losing Wentz, who knows where they're going to be. I could see there being a manager out there who has Taylor and Gabe Davis and this Howard the Duck. He only has Murray, Wentz, Locke, and Heineke. So you've got Wentz and Heineke on the same team now in Washington. Who One of them will win the job, I guess. But are you excited? No. Locke in Seattle, who knows if he keeps that job. He's got it kind of for now. Murray obviously is a stud, but in Superflex, I'd want a better second quarterback than any of those. And I'm not saying Goff is a terrific second quarterback, but he gives you some options. At least he's going to start. Um, and also you get that kind of stack. Some people like a stack. So Swift and Goff is a stack, which some people, again, depending on who you're trading with. And then adding in the 212 in this IDP league, the 212 is like a 112, right? The 212 is like a first round pick because you've got offense and defense in this rookie draft. So I'm looking at it like some people, and, and again, I don't know enough about IDP to know if that's the true value, but that's how I'm looking at it in my eyes. And then to get Taylor and Gabe Davis, I think some of the hype on Gabe Davis has come down a little bit. I do think he's still going to be a you know wide receiver 2-3 option. I think they just re-signed Isaiah McKenzie, if I recall, but Cole Beasley's walking and and you're the Bills fan, Jordan. You'll know more than me. But the logic is Gabe Davis was, you know, huge in the playoffs and everybody was all about him. And I think that's kind of come back down to reality. So I don't know. I feel like this is a trade that I would start with, maybe send it, see what kind of response you get. I wouldn't be afraid to add a little more to it or, you know, swap out golf for another asset. But my thought process here is very similar to yours, Jordan. Let's go get a stud running back. Let's go put somebody and again, Swift might be that guy for you, but I still value Taylor more. Right. I really would rather have somebody like a Taylor over Swift. And if you can do it where you get CMC and Swift in your trade, I like that. But that's kind of where my head went with that. And I guess, Scott, what are your thoughts on that? And then go into yours if you want. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can get Taylor for, you know, anything less than giving up your entire team and all your future assets, then <laughs> I guess... I guess yeah. I, I'm like, higher on golf than most. I'll say that I, too. I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like golf is still a starting quarterback, and you're sending one without getting one back. There are definitely trades like this that happen. I've seen it. But but does does golf do anything for you? Yeah. Does he though? I like golf more than Wentz. <laughs> I like him more than Locke and Heineke. He'd be my my quarterback too on that team. Easy. They just got Chark. They're going to be getting someone else. I think that offense is going to be taken off this year. That's just my gut. I mean, you can disagree with that. Obviously, these are this this uh, the skin in this league is uh, incredible because of the theme. So I can't quickly go to the settings, but (laughs) I would really like to pull up and tell you that Goff was like QB 28. So something like that. But um, but okay, that's fair. No, I mean, I mean, it's a quarterback. I get it. All right. Here's the thing for me. Again, I'm not an IDP guy. I'm in a league that. We don't have defense. We don't have kicker. It's it's like five or six IDP spots. There's like D-line, linebacker, DB. So it's a little more condensed. Um, and then a couple flex. So it's it's similar to this, but it's about half the starters. And it, it's, um, you know, it's more of a flex, uh, you know, a condensed version. And so what I did in that league, um, I mean, I'm still in that league. So what I do in that league is I kind of split it up. I have my offense and I have my defense. And so I look at them in completely different ways. Uh, I just have an offensive strategy, offensive player strategy, and then I have a IDP strategy. And since I really knew nothing about IDP or how to draft them in the startup, I pretty much just focus on offense and my offensive 
side uh, because there's twice as many starters. I decided to focus there and it's incredibly strong, like very, very strong. Uh, I was first in the league for most of the year until injuries finally did me in at the end. Um, but I essentially decided this would be my kind of learning on this. And I really didn't even draft any defensive players. I've just used the waiver for them. And obviously in a league like that, where I think we maybe roster like eight to 10 times 12, you know, is maybe a hundred to 120 players. Obviously your league Mark rosters a lot more players. So that's not a viable strategy here. Uh, but what I found is I could be very competitive with that. Um, so what I kind of did is I I just did the same thing with your league and I took your roster and I split it up and I said, okay, here on offense, what would my strategy be? If I didn't have any IDPs and I'm just looking at your offense and I'm going, this is a really shallow starting line. You know, it's what start. Start nine, nine offense. Yep. So I want two stud super flex you know, or two stud quarterbacks. So I can use that super flex to my advantage. Um, you know, you need to upgrade tight end too. So it's kind of, I'm trying to find a lot of different uh, spots here. Um, you, you did note that you wanted to help your running backs and linebackers. There was a specific roster, which I believe was um, uh, Rocket. Uh, he has a ton, a ton of these young linebackers that, are still really young and not have not necessarily made that leap to the next level. So I'm wondering if he's looked pretty weak at wide receiver too. Um, I mean, at wide receiver in general, his, his uh, wide receiver room is not great. So I went for moving Bateman and potentially one of those picks, probably a second, uh, that 207 that I believe you have for uh connor and mosley if you want kind of that veteran i mean I, he may not give up mosley i don't know how linebackers are valued all i know is i picked up mosley off waivers last year and he was an absolute beast for me um looking at your scoring settings he was again one of the top linebackers but he's getting old so i don't know with all those young linebackers would he be willing to move on from one of the older guys or on the other hand if he's not feeling one of these young guys that he took, I'd be willing to take the gamble on um, Davis, Simmons, Queen, any of those guys. They're still like 22, 23 years old, uh, very young. They're in defenses where they get to make plays, play all over the field, get those tackles. You know, I equate linebackers to like the running backs, right? Those are the guys that are getting the volume. They're getting um the touches essentially right the touches being tackles they're out there they, every play they can make an impact and they're going to give you that core uh scoring for the def the defensive side so getting one of those young guys you know bateman it's is going to depend how this guy feels about bateman because really his value hasn't changed much from last year to this year but also if he wasn't high on him to begin with then he's probably still not high on him so therefore this trade probably doesn't happen. Um, but just wanted to kind of throw out my philosophy on that and almost maybe, you know, look at it as two different leagues, look at it as two different rosters and just focus on your offense and then focus on your defense. And then when you're trying to get pieces thrown in on trades, instead of asking for like a third, you know, ask for 
you know, a linebacker, some random young linebacker. That could be something because again, with those third round picks, those are dart throws as well. Right. So those lottery tickets, you know, whether they hit or not, Hey, whatever, you might as well take your shot on one of the young linebackers. Love it. Love it. I think at least you got some linebacker talking there for him. That was helpful of you, Scott. I appreciate that. I know again, linebackers and, and IDP in general, I was in one IDP league, IDP league last year and, just not my cup of tea, man. I, you know, I respect all of the people that grind and hustle on that. It's just, it's not my thing. There's too many ways to score, too many players to worry about, and names that I'm not familiar with as much. So, no, I think that those are both pretty good options. And I think in general, Mark, what we're kind of saying is your team's pretty good. I don't think there's any, I mean, again, none of us talked about tight end as a, as a target here. And I think something to be said for that, it kind of piggyback back into the strategy talk. You don't have to make any trades right now. Right. None of these trades need to happen today. I think you're in a good spot with the draft capital you've got. There's no reason to make a move unless you're getting a steal. And that's part of why the trade I made would be a steal. Right. To get Taylor and Davis for that would be a good trade. And that would be worth doing. Um, I'm not going to say it's likely, but I think there is some possibility that, that someone in your league is willing to give up more than they may expect. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully you got some ideas. And if obviously everyone except Mark, who's listening, Hopefully you can take away some things from that too and just say, all right, well, how can I make my team better? Maybe I've got a guy like Dobbins or Bateman or somebody, and maybe there's some moves I can make, you know, to get swift and, and move and pivot up to Taylor or, you know, trade a rookie pick for CMC straight up. Cause honestly, CMC is one of those guys too. Like you can do one Oh three, like you were saying, Jordan, one Oh three and something else for CMC two years ago. That'd be crazy. Right. Like two years ago, people were like, no way is one rookie, one first round picking up that that's enough now. Right. I think that's probably right where it is, even in a down class. And and I think Kane hit on this perfectly last week. This isn't really that bad of a class. It just doesn't have the flash and, and pizzazz at the top that we're used to. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no Joe Burrow. There's no Tua Tagovailoa. Like there's nobody that's like standing out above and beyond. Um, even the running back group is is pretty it's deep, but it's not top heavy at all. You've got two guys, maybe three, I guess, if you count Walker, but like three guys at the top that are first round picks. And then after that, it's who knows what we're going to learn a lot of the draft. So I think too, this is the kind of year where trading rookie picks for stud players may not be a bad idea, but you don't have to do it today, right. To kind of keep badgering on that topic. But here we are at an hour and 45 in. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I guess first things first, Jordan, really appreciate you having us uh, talk to you today and kind of get us some ideas, but where can people find you and kind of reiterate again, where people can find your work. Yeah, analyticsofdynasty.com. You can find the book, The Rebuilding Guide. Um, I've got a, a bundle between The Rebuilding Guide and the book, so you can go ahead and get both of them. Um, and I think the uh, it's fun because the, some of the topical stuff, like AOD each year takes on a little bit of a different field, depending on just what I'm thinking about uh, in the process of writing it. Um, but The Rebuilding Guide is like its own individual standalone thing that uh, I think is fun. And I'll probably add, I don't know what I'm going to do with it in the future, whether I add to it, whether I make it, you know, um, you know, just update it or, or sort of what I'm going to do with it. But I think it'll be useful um, for even if you're not thinking about rebuilding, I think it's a useful strategy thing just in terms of team building. So, um, so yeah, you can get them both um, and come over and be a subscriber. I mean, I'm going to, when we're done here, I'm going to record a podcast. Um, you know, I release one every day um, in the off season and that's um, quite a grind. <laughs> 388 last year was how many I did. So um, yeah. So it's something every day to talk about and 
8 a.m. every morning on the East Coast, you get it. You get it on your uh, your your podcast feed of choice. So we've got you taken care of there in our trade database, our our real draft position finder, all our fun stuff. You can come check us out and uh, and subscribe over there and uh, and jo- join our chat. You know, join our chat, and we can we'll constantly be talking. I got to go catch up with all of them now. We've been <laughs> reacting all night. Oh, I'm sure. Been talking, so I'm lots sure. to catch up with. So, oh, we really appreciate it. We love the way you look at Dynasty, and I think it, it lines up perfectly with a lot of how we do too. I mean, there there is no wrong way to play this game, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of fun ways. And I think looking at it from sure. numbers and putting numbers to things that. Uh, you know, taking feelings and make them actionable and all that. That's right in our wheelhouse. So we really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some of your knowledge tonight. It's been great um, for uh, obviously for the rest of us here. So let's kind of get through some of this. Obviously, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow the DAP network at DAP underscore network. Uh, we go live every Thursday night, but I know Fantasy Timeline goes live on Wednesdays. Sometimes Russ messes up and goes live on Tuesdays with Trade Addicts. Uh, you can find all of us there. Obviously, Casey's Get Real podcast is on that network as well. Uh, we're all big fans of each other and, and love boosting each other up. So subscribe to all of us. Subscribe to each one of us if you can. Follow us on Twitter. Um, I always say to people, too, send us DMs. If you want to be in Find Me a Trade, there's a thing in the link tree on our on our Twitter where you can actually submit your team to be on Find Me a Trade. We're going to have a – I think it's next week, right, Scott? We're doing Find Me a Trade Spectacular where we're going to take some leagues and the three of us, Rocky's going to be on, the three yeah. of us are going to be doing – just trades all over the place, talking about free agency, talking about different ways to kind of get through some trades done. Should be a good show, um, but definitely subscribe, rate, and review on all the major podcast platforms as well. We love the feedback. Anything you can give us there. I'm at Andrew Hall FF. Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow, our other host who's not here, so everything's his fault, is Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. You know, follow us all, send us DMs. We love talking Dynasty. We're all junkies in this together. So there's never a bad question. Never. I love giving advice. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's bad advice, I don't mind. Um, but we're all here to help each other and get better at this game. So with that, I'll let you finish this up here, Scott, and uh, take us out. Shout out to the homies in the chat, as always. Uh, there is There was a question on there uh, from Jerry oh, yeah. Bagshaw. Would you pay a second-round rookie pick for Amari Rodgers now that Adams is gone? That is a hell no for me. There's no. about 35 wide receivers in this rookie class that I like better than Amari Rodgers, so I'll just take my shot with them uh yeah third or but, fourth maybe yeah but not yeah, a second hey no sure right throw out a third see what happens um also thanks to our buddy mark long for submitting your find me a trade huge thanks to jordan um it's been you know i've read a lot of your stuff over the years um listen to you amazing stuff man you've really helped me become a better player uh significantly so i appreciate you appreciate your time appreciate you giving us two hours tonight yeah uh thanks so much man and so for jordan uh for andrew for rocky and myself junkies out